It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. The Gloucester Preview Edition, Mark 2. Yes, it's the home leg in the back-to-back of Champions Cup action. 12.45 on Saturday. Gloucester come to Galway to take on Connacht live on Galway Bay FM with myself and Joe Healy. And we'll have full podcast coverage afterwards. But to set the scene, we have the preview show. We'll have audio from the midweek press conference. In that, you're going to hear from Paul Boyle and Conor Fitzgerald. Is that a nod to... Changes in the team selection? Probably. We'll see. Andy Friend as well. William Davis spoke to all of them and then spoke to Lindy McKenzie afterwards to uh, run their eye over some of the news, especially the injury news as well. We're going to have that along the way, so stay tuned for that. Beyond that, lots more to come up in the podcast too. We've got a bit of audio from last weekend from Johan Ackerman after Gloucester's great victory over Connick. Bonus point win puts them in the pole position for the battle for second place. But Connick can certainly wrestle the initiative back this weekend, we'll see how that goes for them. One more piece of audio towards the end. Roland Byrne, friend of the podcast and based in England, big Connick fan, was on our show along with Lindley and William. And a little bit of extended audio that didn't make it into that podcast, but we held back for this one for good reason. Really interesting insight in that one into some of the elements of the game that you might have missed at the weekend and might be relevant to how it'll play out this weekend. Right. Before we get stuck in, though, reminder, our sponsors, Murty Rabbits. We have a big event on there as you listen to this later today, probably. This is out on Thursday, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, 10 euro in. Get yourself there. We'll have a huge array of guests on the Galway Bay FM special that we'll be hosting. Myself and William will be hosting it. And along the lines, you're going to hear from the likes of Gavin Duffy, Johnny O'Connor, Nigel Carolyn, Connacht Loosehead Prop, Paddy McAllister, Alton Delan, all in aid of the Galway Hospice. Ten you're in, get there tomorrow. That's Thursday, seven o'clock. In the meantime, enjoy the show, starting with the podcast. First up, let's hear from Andy Friend. Andy, listening to your interview after the game on Sunday at King's Home, you sounded a bit perplexed by that Connacht performance. And the fact that they were strongly in it at half time, but it never really got together in the second half. Have you managed now with a bit of analysis to pick out what might have happened? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I said after um, when the post match, I felt that we were in a really good position at half time. Um, we win a line out, steal a line out off their ball 45 minutes in. Uh, great opportunity for us to to attack and instead you know 30 seconds later we're sitting down underneath our posts um, which was frustrating uh, clever from Danny Cipriani um, but we needed to be better to execute there uh, and and all that happened with that I actually don't think we dropped heads but I think we gave them a reason now to believe that they can win this game of football whereas up until that stage I felt like they were starting to down themselves and question themselves and, and the game just flipped Pretty much there. So uh, again, it was another one where we sit there and we say um, we're our own worst enemy. In attack, in those sort of situations, are are Connacht asking enough questions of a side like Gloucester? Are they putting enough pressure on their defence other than just making tackles? And I'll add a second bit to that: that they gave away fourteen penalties in the game. Is that almost a sign that they're prepared to give away field position because they feel they can deal with what's coming at them? Yeah, I don't know whether that would be in their mindset, but and I don't think they're trying to give away 14 penalties. Um, you know, one of the big things that, that we're, we've been talking about as a group is just being brilliant at the basics. You know, and it's 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 funny 
the speed of the ball, the ball comes out of that ruck, um, which happens for for a couple of different reasons. If, but if you can carry with intent and get your nose through, and then you, the speed of your groundwork and physicality of your groundwork is really quick, and the first bullet's blown the first thread away, and then the ball's gone again, you've got a different defensive picture. Um, I felt on the weekend again, we probably could have been a little bit, a little bit better with with our detail in that area. Um, I thought just before that um, that intercept, though, I thought that ruck ball was six seconds. That's not our fault. Of six seconds There's a body line in the way. Why is that not a penalty? It should be a penalty. It's not a penalty. We happen to play out of that, and in that six seconds, they've managed to get the defensive line sorted, and and they come up with an intercept. So we've got to be smarter with that. But uh, that, to me, is my biggest frustration in the game of rugby at the moment. You need to preserve time and space for, for opposition or for the team with the football. If you're good enough as a defending team to get it legally, get it legally. But if you're slowing down the ball there and, and to create time for you to get your defensive line set, then you're going to keep running to brick walls. And I feel like that's what we're doing at the moment. Looking ahead to Saturday, it's now come into that must-win territory. There's still 15 points available for Connacht in this competition. That would get you to 19. That would get you into the mix. So all is not lost. But it's, there's a specific pressure now that this this is going to be tough. This is this is about winning and, I suppose, looking maybe looking for a bonus point and stopping Gloucester getting a bonus point as well. So there's a lot in the mix. And then you've got Munster down the road. But let's look at Gloucester first. Yeah, and honestly, it, it is. You know, the most important thing for us is, is our performance now. And if we can get the performance that, that I know we can play, um, I think we can get that win. But in giving, well, in Gloucester getting uh, that bonus point win the other day, they turn up here as a different football team on, on Saturday. They'll not have a belief that they're going to get that, if not the, the top position in the in the conference, then certainly the second position. So we'll have that to contend to. Um, it, it, it is must-win football, it is. But to me, it's more... Uh, the performance is we're, we're chasing that performance that we know we can put out there for 80 minutes we see it in patches but we've got to be better and, and deliver it for 80 Is this the most important game of the season so far or, or is that just sort of a myth you don't look at games like that? Oh, it'll sound like I'm I'm not answering your question they all are you know, and, and this is the next most important game of the season because it's the next one and then Munster will become the next the one after that so I'm not trying to be clever with that that's just the way it is um, it's a huge, huge, important, hugely important game for us because a, it's at home. B, you know, the last couple of performances we've had, we know we can be better. Um, C, yep, we need that win to stay alive in Champions Cup, and that was our intention when we came into the competition. And then we need momentum going into the next one. So it is a massively important game for us. Connie, we were on the bench last week. You came on in the fifty-second minute in a game that. Connacht maybe let slip away a little bit. It was very competitive and they turned the screw when they got the yellow card. So what did you take out of the Gloucester performance or what did you take out of Connacht's performance? Uh, yeah, look, I think it was a, a really good first half for us. And um, we always sort of knew the second half, the next like 20 minutes would have been the determining point. And I think, uh, look, we got um, we had our chances really and... I think we didn't really take him in those first like 15 minutes and then um, it sort of fell away from us then and when you're chasing the game like that, especially away from home, it's very tough to actually get the results. So uh, I think the main thing for us now, we have a chance to redeem ourselves back at home this week and uh, 
as you've mentioned before, we want this to be our fortress. So uh, we're really looking forward to this weekend to sort of right the wrongs of last week. You're an inexperienced player, so you, you're, do you find difficult difficult to come off the bench? Is, is it is there an added pressure when you're a younger player that you come off and you've you've got to get to the pace of the game very quickly? Are there particular skills that you're still learning about a situation like that rather than a starting situation? Uh, no, not really for me. It's kind of the same as starting. You just have to be ready every minute of the game. So I suppose you might be a bit more anxious on the bench. You don't really know when you're coming on, but like you just have to buy into what the lads did. So no, nothing really changes, to be honest. Are you a hard critic? Do you criticise yourself? Are you hard on yourself? I think in this business you have to be, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose you take on board, you've got experienced players around you, so you know you want guidance from them on the field and maybe after a game just to pick up on small things? Yeah, so like it's obviously massive when you, the likes of Bundy and Pete Robert, Kyle or Tom Daly outside you, and uh, it makes your game like very easy when they're constantly in your ear, so it's a massive help. And Jack Carty is, you know, you're replacing him in certain games and he's you're competing with him and he's a World Cup player. So that's an interesting challenge for you to, you have him snapping at your heels and he's snapping at your heels. That's uh, that's an integral part of what you're doing. Yeah, look, I think it's good that we're both actually pushing each other this year. And um, at the end of the day, it's up to the coaches. So whatever they think at the end, uh, we both back their decisions. Paul, you were rested last week. So we might assume now that you'd be heavily involved this weekend against Gloucester. So you're watching the game from remotely and then you're part of the analysis when the team are looking at it. What did you take out of it? What did you think of that effort by Connacht and the result? Yeah, well, look, there, there was definitely a few positives to take from it. But I suppose the, the, the biggest learnings from it would be the the three tries in particular I'm thinking of that, that they didn't really have to work for um, like obviously looking at the intercept um, kind of a slip tackle on another one and it, it's when you're giving away kind of 21 points like that and when we're working so hard for our scores it's frustrating and it's hard to get back and, and that's probably what lives down the most Yeah they I suppose showed you how to turn the screw when they had the opportunity I mean they, they took their chances a couple of them were just happened but there's a skill in that as well, and they certainly used the yellow card. They, they, you know, they really grabbed their opportunity because it was a very even game up to that. Yeah, look, the Gloucester are, are definitely a good side, and, and I suppose similar to he, us here at the sports grounds is they knew how to play their their stadium and their crowd, and they pinned us back in the corners when when things were kind of not going their way, and they just used their heads and they, and they played it smart. Um, so again, we're going to learn from that. Um, hopefully, we'll have a, a big crowd here supporting us on Saturday in the sports grounds, and we'll we'll use that sports ground effect as such um, to get in a good performance on Saturday and hopefully get the win. It's slightly. It's different situations. It's a six-day turnaround. You get you get those during the season, but playing the same team again, it, it only happens really once a year. Is the, uh, the the back-to-backs in Europe, whatever competition you're in. So, is there a particular challenge to that in the way you have to analyse the game that's gone and get ready for the next game because it's coming around. And it's it's hardly forty-eight hours since that game kicked off, but it's nearly ready to play them again. Yeah, well, usually with a seven-day turnaround, your first day back in is a review of the game. Your next day, then, is a preview of the following team. But with the six-day, it doesn't really matter because we're going to review the game. We don't really need to preview much. We've seen what they have to offer. They've seen what, us, what we have to offer. So we just have to need to take the learnings from the previous week and just try and work on them and, and, and get, a, get firing then for Saturday. Just looking at, is there a case that you won't 
to play the game maybe at a different pace to Gloucester. They seem to play that game at what I would call it an English Premiership pace. There's a different pace in France. There's a different pace again in the Pro 14. Is that a vital part of what a side has to do to dominate, to, to get the game, even setting up for set plays, just get them at the speed you're used to. Scrums seem to take an age on Sunday, which was again was what you see in the Premiership, whereas the Pro 14 seems to be a bit quicker. Yeah, well, we try to play with tempo in all of our games. That's one of our big philosophies, um, particularly in attack that Nigel Carroll has instilled in us. Um, and maybe the tempo wasn't quite where it needed to be at the weekend. Um, but come Saturday... Um, that wouldn't be a really big focus versus tempo, play at our pace, do, and, and that comes from getting the basics right, and that's might have let us down a little bit at the weekend, but we feel if we get those basics right, we, we clean our rook ball, and we can, it allows us to play at tempo then, we can put them under huge pressure and put in a good performance. Lindley, what do you think the mood is after that game on Sunday and going into Saturday? Well, I think they're extremely disappointed, and in fact, I found Andy Friend today not his usual upbeat self. I did find him kind of more contemplative and maybe a little bit more thoughtful about... I don't mean he's not thoughtful normally, but just I just found him a little bit quieter, more quieter than upbeat than, than normal. Um, I think they know they lost an opportunity, and I think they know they have a huge, huge battle on their hand this coming, this coming weekend. And... No matter what they say, there is pressure. There is now pressure, to, not just to perform, but to win. And the two don't always go hand in hand. You know, Gloucester are in the driving seat. That's not the position that Andy Friend expected. He really expected to go over there and to actually beat Gloucester at home. And unfortunately, they did everything right. And not everything right, but they did a lot right. And you only have to look at the stats. There's very little difference between the two teams. They just made too many errors and mistakes and they weren't able to finish. Yeah, these back-to-back games are very telling every year in Europe. I think you learn a lot about yourself as a team in, in both both the games. And there is also the issue as well that, I mean, there's, the, there's a hangover that's been there for a long time, the failure to win in England. And it seems to be an issue with dealing with whatever premiership clubs bring, um, whether it's intensity or just the ability to seize their opportunity. It seems to really catch Connor cold. I think English clubs bring an innate confidence within themselves. And I don't think Connacht is a team, even in Ireland, that has that innate confidence and supreme confidence that those players have. Remember those players in England, so many, there was a World Cup, you know, rugby winner there. You know, there's internationals there, you know, huge amount of experience there that has, that, that breeds that confidence. And Connacht is getting there, but we're still really in those sort of terms we're still we're still relatively inexperienced there's an inexperience in the champions cup i suppose and the, and, and the key to maybe to this competition is you need to play in it for maybe three seasons in a row just to come to terms with the, the level difference yeah there is that but there's also remember this i We've we've kind of forgotten in the last few weeks that this is a block of 13 matches, 13 games, what involves the Interpros, it involves the Champions Cup. It's a huge, huge uh, load for any squad to take, let alone a Connacht squad that, as we know, has suffered so many injuries at the moment. You've got a Gloucester squad out there that's just, you know, he could put out two or three teams on the pitch, you know, that could take on Connacht. We don't have that luxury here in Connacht. And I think that's one of the, the most 
the, the most effective telling things because I know even in Pet Lamb's day, if you remember rightly, he was always panicking about injuries and wanting to bring new players in, etc, etc. And I think, you know, Andy Friend has done a great job in bringing those academy players through because that's that's who we're seeing playing out there today, the likes of young Connor Fitzgerald, who's doing brilliantly. And that is a step in the right direction. But I still think when you get a run of injuries like we've had, it's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a huge, huge you know, ask for them. That said... Gloucester had lost five games in a row and it was interesting talking to John Muldoon afterwards. Uh, He's coaching, obviously, at Bristol now and he made, I thought, a fascinating point. He said, English Premiership teams do not change the way they play in games, even if they're struggling or they're behind. They just keep doing the same things. They never chase the game. They never go off pattern and he said it's a real lesson in how they simply set up. And that's really what Gloucester did on, on, on Sunday. They Even when they were under pressure, they just kept going, going, going. And eventually they turned the, the screw. Yeah, that that's that supreme confidence, I think. They're, they're comfortable and they're confident with each other and with their systems. I don't... Connors aren't yet at that level and haven't and, and really have, haven't really ever been because we haven't had you know, more than a couple of seasons in the Champions Cup. And that's that's and that's okay. It's it's a learning process. I think Connor still punches above its weight, but that it will come in time. Looking ahead to Saturday, might be a few changes coming to the to the team. Um, generally, the players that are up at the press conference are, are, are starters. That's that's normally uh, the, the way it is. Um, do Connacht just go for it on Saturday, or do they have to make sure? that they actually get into the game first and obviously play for 80 minutes, which is a frustration in the last two defeats in the Champions Cup because they've played well for 60, but the last 20 minutes they just haven't been been decisive enough. No, Connacht have to go for it. Don't they? Don't have a choice. You know, we have to see. We have to see what what this team is made of when they're under pressure. We, they're at home. They've, you know, they love playing at home. They love being in front of the audience. They love being in the Champions Cup. This is a great opportunity, and they have to seize it. You, they have to get out there and they have to score, and they have to put some of the seed doubting seeds into Gloucester's mind. And you just don't know how Gloucester will react, knowing the fact that they had before last weekend they had lost five in a row. Great stuff there from the guys. Let's just recap on the injuries. If you missed it, here's an injury update. Owen McKeown is now available for selection for next weekend against Gloucester. The two new injuries that occurred towards the end of last week and in the match. Matt Healy is being assessed and is not available for the weekend with his quad injury. But uh, he is expected to return fairly soon. Colby Fianga has injured his knee and will be assessed possibly with a scan later this week. It's not feared to be as bad as originally thought, but he certainly isn't going to be available to play against Gloucester at the weekend. Paddy McAllister is in the running potentially to be available at some stage during the Interpros. Tiernan O'Halloran is in a similar situation. Gavin Thornbury is due back mid-January. Sean O'Brien, Tom Farrell, Killian Gallagher are on longer term, as we know. Kieran Marmion is hopefully going to be available in the Interpro series. Stephen Fitzgerald 
and Dara Leader still remain injured. They're all rehabbing successfully. And it's worth pointing out that Andy Friend in the wider press conference today was complimenting the medical teams on the fact that they are turning these injuries around quite quickly. They're obviously very busy at the moment. Uh, and he's hopeful that these players will start to come back to him towards the end of the 13-game series that we're in the middle of. All right, and before we hand on to the next segment, a reminder, folks, that you can listen to extra interviews every Saturday morning on our Patreon page, the Craggy Rugby Patreon page, where you can also sign up to be a member and get that extra little bit during the month and support us in what we're doing. Uh, it's a great spot to go to. William Davis talks to one of the coaching staff after every captain's run before a home game and it's always that extra little bit of insight so log on for that. In the meantime, here's a little bit of insight from Gloucester, Johan Ackerman's post-game press conference, a few clips from that. Yeah, I felt first off we got probably dragged into the, some of the uh, uh, officialing uh, calling, you know, we they, they saw what we probably saw, there's a bit of inconsistency on the, on the decisions and um, we probably got too distracted by that and then obviously we had to fix our breakdown I think they got a fair bit of turnovers there but looking at the opportunities we left out there I think um, we had a few line breaks and then either at breakdown or a pass or, or something happened that we will knock the ball so half time was quite easy You know, we just had to tidy up our breakdown and, and we also knew we just you know, we can't change the, the decisions leave leave everything to, up to the officials let's focus on our job and um, and, and, you know, obviously, like I said, there were still moments that we've, we felt we were not at our best. And I think that the two this big things was that, um, you know, the intercept from Danny that, that took a bit of uh, wind out of them. And then I felt then we started to play the territory well. And through that, they got, you know, pinned down, pinned down, and then eventually gave away a yellow card, and we exploited that well. Six-day turnaround to next week, same opposition again. How well does this set it up? Yeah, it's going to be, um, obviously they're going to be highly motivated and looking forward to put one back on us back home. That We know they're a tough side back home. They've proved it, you know, against Montpellier and they've proved it in, in, in the recent uh, results. So they are a proud side. Um, for us, uh, I think the main thing for us is, like I said continuously, is, uh, you know, this we can't worry about anything else than ourselves. We, we're not there yet, we know that. Um, so it's a short turnaround. First of all, get the bodies right. Second of all, you know, we've got a bit of footage now. Look at the opposition. Obviously, they've got a bit of footage on that. See if there's some tweaks we can make from a, from a, a, a attacking point of view and then fix the things that didn't went well. And then obviously, you have to reset the button and be mentally prepared again for a big challenge. And from Mr Ackerman to, well... William Lindley and Ronan Byrne and myself chatting a little bit more after the game. A little bit extra. We went into a bit of a chat here about Jack Carty and Bondiaki, among others. Can I go around the table on this? Uh, and it's it's a negative, but let's go there. Jack Carty was poor today, Lindley. I even put it to Andy Friend. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's coming back from the World Cup. What's your perspective on where Carty is? Those couple of seconds, the intercept try, the kicking directly into Dutch and then him being taken off. It's not the Jack Carty who was there last season. No, but I will say in his favour, he did set up porch for the first try. What Andy said, he had a great first half in parts. Yes, with a superb, the way he held up and put that ball over the top, just straight into porch. I mean, so in fairness to him, there were elements of his game that were the usual Jack Carty. Look, I, I think coming back from a World Cup, and I think Bundy is the same, you know, when you come back from a World Cup, there, there's obviously a certain amount of, I suppose... Uh, 
Yeah, baggage is, is a word, and, and, and it's a low. You've come back, you've, the island were a low, he's come back as part of that low, and it's hard to... It, it's, it's, I think he just needs... I think Jack is always a confidence player, and Jack is a very smart player. Just remember, this is a guy. This is a guy that's taken loads of, you know, forgive me for saying the using expression "shite" from supporters in in in, in Connaught for years and years. In the old days, when he was playing, you know, with Pat Lamb, when he had absolutely no backup apart from Jack Carty thrown into the number one position with very little experience, and he has worked himself into that position. He's worked himself to get to where he is today, and I have no doubt that Jack will be back. Ronan, can I jump in there because it just you, something you said like you know we're focused on Jack but Bundy has, has been making these incredible turnovers in games and he's getting great credit because they're amazing turnovers but doing very little else since the World Cup either and he probably doesn't get as much credit yeah, but I, I think you know, I, 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 another hangover well, I think the, 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 the issue I think it, it's just games to be honest I think, they're, I think they're, they, they need games in the Connacht setup uh, and they haven't had much minutes to be honest since they come back and, and like They've spent so much time in the Ireland environment, you know, and I think it's always really hard to have a, 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 as, as disappointing a campaign as we had in the World Cup. And then you're sort of like, you're gone, like, you, just, you, you all get on the flights and you break up. And, you, and, and have they had that sort of chance to get back together and do the, the, the D-mob after Ireland? But they're straight back into Connacht. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and they, you need to, they need to purge that mental thing of the, of the World Cup before they actually start hitting the, their straps with, with us again. And remember, Jack's coming back to find this young Turk and Conor Fitzgerald right there, right up behind him. And he's being mentioned in every single podcast and in every single interview with Andy Friend, he is being mentioned. And he's breathing down his neck. And that might be a little bit unsettling for Jack as well. Right. William, I think they've covered most of the topics there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, look, it stands out a bit more for Conor. We've only got two players involved in this scenario so there's a lot of focus on them it's probably easier going back to Leinster when there's a big gang of you to go back in yeah and it's a little it's a little harder when you're coming back and you know maybe there's pressure to try stuff pressure to overplay Uh, but you know they set very high standards and they'll be he'll just be frustrated with that but yeah of course he's going to bounce back Despondent or just looking forward to improvements? Not entirely despondent because at the end of the day, uh, you know, coming to Gloucester and, and getting the win would have been a, a brilliant thing. Uh, we didn't play well. We deserved to lose because we just we made too many mistakes. But uh, at the end of the day, it isn't the end of our of our, of our Champions Cup. Uh, we have uh, Toulouse are winning against uh, Montpellier today, and if Toulouse do back to back against Montpellier, they're out effectively. They are pretty much gone. You know? Gloucester lost there so any sort of win against Gloucester we're back in so, oh, and, we, uh, and the way the fixtures fall for the, our last two rounds are perfect because we've to lose at home and we're Montpellier away uh, the other way around I'd be concerned but I think we've, we, if, if we if we can get a result against Toulouse in Galway go, and go to Montpellier they, I think they're going to be more focused on the, on, on the top 14 uh, there's always a chance they may decide it's a home game we need to pull out our, our yeah. best side but the French side I'm reading between the lines. You just want a one-point win against Gloucester next week and we're still in it. Yeah, if we, we just need to win against Gloucester, get a result against Toulouse. If we can win it by the skin of our teeth with a fluke, that would be fantastic. And then we have every chance of getting through. Roland Byrne bringing the positivity. Any disagreement there, Lindley, before we say goodbye? Absolutely not. I think Connacht, you'll see a probably different sort of Connacht. And I think um, Jared Butler made a very pertinent point when he said today, we didn't go to all this effort to get into the Champions Cup just to bow out with poor performances. 
So I would expect a completely different turnaround in, in their in the execution next week. I think, I think we all have to carry the, the, the bitterness we feel today for the for, for, for everything. To be honest, we, we didn't. You know, it was a perfect uh, platform for us to go and show what we're about, and we didn't today. And and, and they're going to carry that into next week and, and correct everything. You know, literally. We don't do any other business right now because we don't have enough time, but I just want to say, look, when a team has a chance to kick three points, to give themselves a chance to maybe go and get another score, take your three points. We should have taken our three points with eight minutes ago, I think. But anyways, no, that's just a point. doesn't need any response. All right, that's it from us. Once again, big reminder, Murty Rabbits. Tonight, as you listen to this, seven o'clock, get yourself down there in the heart of Galway on Foster Street for a special event in aid of Galway Hospice, a Connacht Rugby Appreciation night. We set the scene for the weekend. Lots of voices from within the camp of Connacht Rugby and from outside. We'll have a great segment too towards the end on Connacht identity and how the rugby team has played such an important role in establishing that in a sporting context. So more on that uh, on Thursday night. Get yourself there to hear it. A Goy Bay FM special. In the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll be back with you on Monday. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes Sad and confused